into perfected liberty so your eyes of your heart can see. How many eyes do you have in your heart? Revelation 5, 6 says seven. Seven. A demon has two eyes, but a Christian has seven eyes. Lord, illuminate the eyes of our heart. Amen. We don't want to be demonic Christians. There comes a place where it's like, I'm sick of manifesting devils, always fighting God the Father, calling Him wrong, judging Him unrighteous, and His servants, the prophets and apostles, constantly mistreated, abused, neglected, and spit on, beards pulled out, crucified with Christ. Woo! Every accusation under the sun heaped by God's own covenant people against the true prophets and apostles every day in every city and every nation worldwide. Because they're full of Satan. And they need to be full of Jesus. Oh, I was, I'm full of Jesus. Why are you manifesting? You know, you get sick and tired of manifesting devils. Can I get an amen? And it's time to manifest rivers. You're either going to manifest devils or you're going to manifest rivers. I've been around Christians that are so religious that all they've done since I've known them is manifest devils. This is the time they begin to manifest rivers. You're going to manifest one tree or the other in the garden. Yeah, you can keep manifesting devils your whole life. Or you can keep manifesting rivers your whole life. You want to live God's life or Satan's life? Satan's a devil. Satan's a serpent in the garden. Being better on people, it's like snake after snake, problem after problem. I can never have a good life. I'm always poor. I'm always weak. I'm always broken down and everything sucks. Every curse unimaginable of the kingdom of hell is upon me. Woe is me. Self-pity. False humility. Religion. That's what religion does. It's like... Yeah, I'm so weak. I'm such a sinner. My, li my life sucks. I was like, yeah, your life sucks. That's why you need his life. It's called getting born again. Glory. Amen. Everyone's life sucks apart from God. Haven't you realized that yet? It's like, what are you doing trying to clean up the corpse? You're trying to clean up your carnal mind with your own effort, trying to live a fleshly life with your mind hooked into the flesh instead of your mind hooked into the spirit. You're trying to live a holy, carnal life. I mean, God won't allow it. God hates witchcraft. Witchcraft is the sin of rebellion. So, a carnal Christian practices witchcraft. Didn't you know that? The whore of Babylon is a sorceress of Satan. Her father's Satan, but they're all Christians. Didn't you know that? It's true. It's in the Bible. Hallelujah. And God loves witches and warlocks. I mean, otherwise... No one could be saved because sin is witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. All of us have, have practiced tremendous witchcraft since being born of flesh and blood, born of the witch Eve, born of woman. Eve is a witch. The first one to practice rebellion went after the serpent in the garden. Truth anyhow. And that seed line of the fall, I know she's in heaven now because she believes in Jesus. There's redemption. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, but outside the Christ Jesus, it's just sorcery. So if your brain's outside of Christ Jesus, all you're going to feel is Satan and his angels, condemnation, death, hell, beat up, every bad thing that he's got coming against you every day, no breakthrough, life sucks, woe is me, self-pity, shame, you know, <laughs> just all the stuff of religion, all the stuff of hell. Our people have lived in Gehenna. They have and I love them so much that I want to lift them by wisdom into Zion. What's the scripture say? Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 2, 7. But rather, 
What we are setting forth is a wisdom of God once hidden from the human understanding and now revealed to us by God, that wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification to lift us into the glory of His presence. Could you even hear it? Are your ears stopped with vipers? Can you hear the word? Do you believe that? Wisdom lifts you up into the glory? What's wisdom? The Word of God, the living Word. Love. Agape. Phileo in the brain rejects agape. Didn't you know that? That's why you cling and retain to your human control of your life and call yourselves Christians but are not disciples. Maybe you're saved. Maybe not. We'll see. Depends on how you judge the sons of God that bring forth the full manifestation of the invisible God. You can lose your salvation. Ananias and Sapphira did in the book of Acts. They're saved. They spoke in tongues. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they lied to God the Father coming forth through the apostle on the throne. And died went to hell. Oh, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. And Peter, I mean, is he a murderer? Is that murder? Is that killing someone? No, that's called justice. You know? Are you scared of the mature things of God? You should be. Don't, don't mess around. We've already seen several hundred people die from blasphemy in this ministry in 13 years. Several hundred dead, buried in the graveyard. Because they think the drunkenness is just stupidity. They blaspheme. Next thing you know, they're dead. <laughs> I mean, God and His ways are foolishness to the carnal mind. And, and they think that God's going to come through some kind of witchcraft thing that they've imagined in church, and it's just not how it works. God comes through the manger? The donkey's manger? What? Oh, I can't be the Messiah. You know, born in Bethlehem, but they could barely get him in because Satan tried to corrupt everything so that he couldn't get even get a hotel in Bethlehem. So you got to get born in the manger. And the Father knew that because the Father's humble. The Father is humility, the light being, the creator, the Father of lights, the Father of spirits, the Father of glory. is perfect humility. He's like, I, I'm, I'm okay with the manger. I, I like those animals. It's cool, man. That's how they do it in Mexico. Uh, truth anyhow, it's fine. Your kosher crap can go to hell. Hallelujah. You know, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's like, I'm going to have my son born in an unclean manger. He's going to be deemed unclean. You know, he's not, that's nothing kosher about that. That breaks Levitical law. You're around feces at birth. So he's defiled in the eyes of Levitical law at birth. Oh my gosh. What kind of God do we serve? Well, obviously not a religious demon like the Pharisees serve. Wow. He's breaking every religious box. He's setting the captives free into perfected liberty. And every eye will see the great glory on the throne. And He is love. I'm reminded again of this experience down in Mexico two weeks ago. Super Bowl Sunday. Got my dad's friends and I barbecuing, watching the game, and it's just beautiful. And the glory's burning through me, and the seven spirits of God are just burning through their hearts. You know, I'm, you know, I don't care. I put my hand around my spirit around everyone, in the hot tub, in the gym. You know, I'll be, I mean, like what? You know, around Freemasons, they know what it is. Around witches, they know what it is. You know, this is rich treasure glory. 
You know, you, you should be scared of me. I know who I am in Christ. I will burn you up to ashes with the seven blazing torches of the Lion of Judah. <laughs> there, there will not be anything left of your house and your name will be forgotten and your posterity cut off from the earth for eternity by the Lion of Judah. And they just, and they understand what's going on. And they're like, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, and this, so I'm burning in that kind of authority on the throne of grace through my dad's friends. And they're just precious people. I love everyone in the world so much. And this old man who's a doctor begins to describe something that happened earlier that day. And the doctors that do all the work in Mexico also, you know, do the work in the, the manger and the ranches and the farms with the animals. And then they'll also go into the house, deliver the children. And it's, it's like the good old days, you know? You know, it's really interesting. And it's, 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 it's so organic and so wild. And so earlier that morning, the doctor friend of ours, older man, was helping a ranch birth, what is it, 22 goat mothers. You said 44 Yeah, yeah, there was like 20 goat mothers, I believe it was 11 to 20 goat mothers, and gave birth something like to 44, or yeah, 44 kids, yeah. You know, I said 11 during worship, but I remember the spirit, because 100% accuracy, it was 20 goat mothers gave birth to 44 goat kids that morning. All at the same time! Talk about what is going on. Every single mom pregnant in the whole ranch. Just, and, I, and it's like, that. it was a sign and wonder to him. And when he said it, it was all a sign and wonder to us. And we we're just kind of like... Take a safe step back. <laughs> that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. And that's not normal. That you have 20 goat mothers all give birth at the same time to 44 goat kids? Woo! So, I just kind of put that one on the shelf. I didn't have an interpretation. I knew it was a sign of wonder. I knew it happened by the glory of God of me being in the region. Glory to the Father. But everywhere I go, I have atmospheric signs and wonders region-wide. It's been like that for a long, long time. In Phoenix, you know, last winter, and when I was in the airport, that day was the historic record rainfall. And I read the whole book of Romans in the airport during my layover, and I could feel it breaking in the heavens. And I broke the heavens. And it rained with the greatest measure of rain they've ever recorded in the history of Phoenix, Arizona. That happened just a few months ago. <laughs> and we told, we shared that prophecy at Joel's bar and my God, people had a hard time with that one. Had a really hard time with that one. We lost a few people. Oh, you think you're something real special. I, I know who I am. I know I'm real special. I've, people, I've seen evidence of that every day of my life. And they tell me you're real special. You have a real special son. They tell my parents that. He's got a gift. You know? I've had that Joseph thing on me since I was a baby. Uh, when I came out of the womb, my mom put me in the crib. And it's not about me. It's just, this is what Jesus is special in me. And we're special together. His creation is special. The nations are special. You're special. I'm special. And I've just been told it like tens of thousands of times in my life by lots of people. And 
you know, I, I finally agreed with it. It's like, uh, there's something special about my life. And when they gave birth to me, they put me in the crib, and my mom said there were demons, guttural voices around the crib growling at me. She heard them audibly. She's over in the washer and dryer, Friday Harbor, in the islands of the Puget Sound outside of Seattle, Washington, 1981. They said, oh, there's something special about this boy. They didn't even register me with the state of Washington. I had no registration papers, no birth certificate. They didn't even know how much I weighed till I was two and a half years old. They just made up a weight. They go in to get me my passport, and it, you know, it's like, well, we don't have any information on this kid. What is he? Is he an American? Is he a Russian? Is he an alien? My parents were a little out there, you know? That's, that's why they're awesome. Off the grid, man. We had a goat farm out there. My my dad owned a restaurant right at the port when you go into Friday Harbor. My mom worked in the cannery. And they got baptized in lightning, born again, but all hell broke loose, you guys. I mean, because Satan tried to shut us down. Because I tell you the truth, when I came into the earth, it was like Moses. It was like Moses. I had white hair. I believe it's the uh, book of Jasher talks about Moses, the deliverer of his generation, predestined for ordained by God the Father to set his people free from the captivity of Egypt. The Father hearing the cries of the people and he, he sent a great deliverer and of course they rejected him and you know he had to learn everything the hard way but once he was perfected in love and perfected in Christ he was set back to his people and saved them from religion, which is Egypt. That's the same exact thing God's done with me. That's the apostolic way. And that's the calling of the chief apostle. True story, Moses. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I still got other apostles helping me. You know, we're still learning a lot of stuff. I sometimes get angry at my wife and frustrated. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> angry at the snowplow, you know, angry at the continuous terrible things we have to deal with all the time. And, you know, it's insane suffering. You know, it's, we're, not, we're not there yet. We're getting there. Or getting there by the grace of the Lord Jesus. But I thought it was really interesting when the Lord highlighted this, that Moses had white hair, or light blonde hair. Light blonde hair. And it was a sign and wonder in Israel. These are Jews. What kind of child is this, they said. This is not an ordinary child. And I had the same exact hair as Moses up until five and six. And when I turned seven years old, it started turning brown. So it was a sign and wonder. Hallelujah. It's the, the sign of Moses, the deliverer of his generation. Amen. You know, it's important because that's what we've been walking in, and that's what all of these people have been attacking all these years. The bigger your calling and the bigger your destiny, the more the enemy will try to shut you down, lie to everyone that listens to you. And I know all of you have been lied about me and Red Letter Ministries and Penny and I, I mean, like probably thousands of times. Anything Satan could do could, to turn you against me. Some of you are new here, and, and, I, and, it's, and it's severe. It's severe warfare. Because the leadership of Joel's army and the apostles and prophets are the headship of the body of Christ until they reach the unity of the faith. And we are so far from the unity of the faith. It's sickening right now. But I'm telling you guys, God's going to do an accelerated work, and He's going to do it through the apostles. He's going to do it through apostles that most of you don't even believe are apostles the Assemblies of God doesn't even believe there's apostles anymore. 
And that's what I come out of, the AG and Teen Challenge and North Central University Bible College, the Assemblies of God, you know, almost became an Assemblies of God youth pastor, and God just said, nope, no, you're not going to pastor churches. Church age is over. You're going to pastor cities and nations. He told me that inaudibly in my car. Call your ministry the Red Letter Ministry, and I'll bless this ministry because it'll be my ministry. Not my idea. None of this was. I got court-ordered three states away from Whitefish, Montana, expelled from high school, misunderstood in high school, misunderstood about everything, constantly mistreated, persecuted, didn't get bitter about it. Just, you know, going on a ride, going on an adventure. This world's a mess. And you just kind of take what life throws at you, lemons, and turn it into lemonade. You do. It's craziness. Expelled from high school, excited about my senior year, looking at getting a full-ride scholarship at Missoula had scouts on me as a wide receiver all-conference as defensive back in varsity football. I mean, talk about having a future and a plan and business and all the stuff that I wanted to do. All of that was happening. I was all-state in tennis two years, all-conference in football, and, and it's just all grace lifted off my life and I was completely destroyed by the kingdom of hell, locked up in jail for crimes I hadn't even committed. I mean, that's what happened to me, 18 years old. And I'm not going to tell you that story. Some of you know that story. But I was locked up in jail for crimes I didn't even commit. I was framed, literally framed. And it was just the most bizarre thing. I mean, there's not even movies as good as what I've gone through. They don't exist yet. They'll make them, though. Hallelujah. We'll let Brian Head Welch, our friend, have his movie first. We're next, Brian. <laughs> Amen. That's cool. I love him. He's been a long-time supporter of our ministry. Hallelujah. It's all good. It's going to get better for us, you guys. Sent me from Whitefish, Montana. Kicked me out of high school. And court ordered me to Minnesota Teen Challenge. Broke every law in the book to get me in there. I mean, framed me for crimes I didn't commit. You can't adjudicate someone across state lines, and they did. The judge says, we'll drop your charges if you complete the program. Told me it was one month. Turned out to be 12 to 15. Lies after lies. I mean, just every law unimaginable was broken to get me into Minnesota, Minnesota Teen Challenge. It, just, it was an absolute sign and wonder. Got in there. Intake room. All these men, you know, my mom and my stepdad. And the night before, you know, they said, you can't go in right away because of Minnesota state law. You have to spend 24 hours and then we'll let you in. So actually, I went in, had the intake room, saw Pastor Graves crying, the South Dakota AG pastor crying, just bawling his eyes out looking at me. I was so dead in my sin, he looked at me and he just burst out in tears. Oh, son, you need this place. That's what he said to me, with tears streaming down his eyes. As dead as dead gets. Couldn't even see in color. In I see I'm black and white. So full of Satan. Had my little Satan thing here. I was involved in the occult. I mean, I was so demon-possessed. So they say, well, you can't come in right now. Minnesota state law. You need 24 hours. So I went home. You know, North, Ho North Oaks. You know, people in Minnesota know. Mom and dad living in North Oaks, go to North Oaks, and the Totino Grace High School, where all my friends from St. Charles Barmail had a high school game. So I go, you know, I go there, and hallelujah. I would have been a senior with them. 
So these are all the seniors at Titino Grace. Some of you know about Titino Grace and Fridley. Hanging out with my old friends from school. And I mean, we were bonding, man. I was just, but I, I was like, guys, I'm going into re <laughs> I'm going into rehab tomorrow. <laughs> I got expelled from my third high school. And I'm just, and we were close, man, because I had spent seven years with these friends from St. Charles in junior high and elementary school, going to Catholic school. And I said, and there was that availability too, to like, maybe I don't need this program. I can hang out with all my friends, all my old friends from junior high that are now seniors in high school at Titino Grace. And I mean, it was just, it was kind of euphoric, but there was a black cloud on my head, you guys. It was the craziest thing. I've never told you guys this. I don't think even Penny knows this story. So then, but because of Pastor Graves showing me those tears of love, I said, no, I'm not going to run from this. Check myself into that program. I'm not going to run. You know, my life was totally shut down. I was destroyed and expelled, and all my plans for scholarship for college in Montana were done. I mean, I, I was framed and convicted on charges I didn't commit. And I was like, my life is completely ruined. 18 years old. I'm going to go into Teen Challenge. I'm going to check out this, this God stuff. Honestly, I was like, ah, you know. Go in there, started manifesting demons the next day. They, they had to hold me down for two weeks every night. I would be pooping and peeing and puking for two weeks straight. And I'd wake up in the morning like nothing happened. They'd actually have staff members at the intake room waiting until I went to sleep. And I'd be sneaking in cigarettes and trying to get some crack and trying to get some heroin and whatever I could get my hands on. People coming down off of heroin in the intake room. And it was just this huge mess. It was an absolute mess. But after about two weeks of those, those night terrors of deliverance, then I had consciousness at night. So when the demons would come at night and the government of the night and manifest through me, I was actually aware. And then they actually gave me my own room. But it continued on like that for three months. Three months, you guys. And when it was all cleaned out, and they cleaned up, mopped up all my poop, all my pee, all my puke, and then <laughs> I was still wondering, Honestly, the demons came again. They came again even after three months of that. And they said, this place is a cult. I think they're brainwashing you. None of this is real. Leave this place. That's what the thoughts were the day I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, no. And then when I said nope to those thoughts, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Waves of peace started billowing up through my chest and out my head. And I had never felt liquid peace like that before in my life. I'm all alone in my, my room, three months in a teen challenge, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. And I just jumped up off my bed, you know, and I ran to the staff room, and there's uh, Pastor Tribble. And I said, James Tribble, uh, I'm speaking in tongues. I had never heard of tongues. I've been in this AG thing for three months. My only exposure to Christianity before Teen Challenge was Catholicism. And I, and I said, what is this? He said, he was laughing, rejoicing with me. And he said, that's the gift of tongues. It's a prayer language you can bypass your brain, pray in the Spirit as much as you want, and uh, build yourself up in the most holy faith. And if you don't use it, you'll lose it. 
So I said, oh, my faith got so strong, and just the rage and the intensity towards Satan swelled up in me. And I said, I'll do whatever you want with my life, Lord Jesus. I'll do anything for you. And I followed through with it. That was almost 20 years ago. And that's how we got here today. That was the foundation of my salvation in 1999. Hallelujah. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit January of 2000. Hallelujah. Literally the first month of the first year of the seventh day since Adam, of the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. Amen. The Jewish calendar is not this 5,700 garbage. The Pharisees changed the Jewish calendar by over 200 years in the first century. True story. You are in the Jewish year of the Jewish calendar, 6,019. You are 19 years into the millennium reign of Christ. I tell you the truth. That's why all this shaking and bacon's happening. And people are like doom and gloom, microchips and guillotines. And I'm like, you're all a bunch of liars because you're all bewitched and carnal-minded listening to false prophets. This is the day of the Lord. Here's what God's going to do in Valentine's Day. Burst from the belly of the earth. And not with some phileo garbage, but with agape royalty. What is the royal law of King James? Oh, he's a king. He's in heavenly Jerusalem right now, the half-brother of Jesus Christ. James 2, the royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now that's agape. That ain't phileo. That's agape. That means sacrifice yourself because God sacrificed himself for you. He sacrificed his son on an altar, on a tree, for all humanity to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with love, and for rivers to blaze out of you that can never be quenched. We bring forth the rivers from the belly of the earth, from the belly, our hearts, amen, right now of this remnant, of a remnant, of a remnant. We burst forth through all of our hearts with fire and love that cannot be quenched, and we will turn this world upside down. We are like the William Seymour Company, this remnant, here at Red Letter Ministries, I tell you no lies. <laughs> and we bring forth that Azusa Street prophecy of William Seymour, of that hundredfold greater glory, because it's not going to be an external glory. It's not going to be a come Holy Spirit, Azusa Street glory. No, 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 no. This is a realizing the glory of Christ in you, birthing the divine child out of your rich treasury of glory, out of your belly flowing rivers. This is a belly river revival. And you're going to birth the Son of God, and the Son of God's going to be birthed through Eve, the belly of the earth. I was in Matthew 12:40 today. And it talks about the Son of Man spending three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. Now it says in other translations, heart. But your belly and your heart, same thing. <laughs> People don't know it, but your belly and your heart are the same thing. Belly is the spirit. That's the roots of your heart. Amen. In the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. And then he's going to burst forth. The belly of the earth is Eve's womb. Inside of Eve's belly, the first woman. Because man's born of woman, we're reversing the curse. So it comes through man, salvation, that crushes the serpent underfoot. Oh my goodness. Woo! Some of you are going to get that revelation and understand the full reverse of the curse today. And you will birth the divine child through your bellies. 
and everything in your bloodlines will break off your hearts. Every curse. No more poverty, no more sickness, no more disease, no more rebellion, no more alcoholism, no more drug addiction, no more lust addiction. Every single generational curse is reversed in the birthing of the divine child through your hearts today. Let your waters break and let every one of us birth the Messiah in His richest presence. Amen? What is the full release of the richest presence? It's the seven spirits of God. It's the menorah of God's sevenfold Holy Spirit. Like rivers of the sevenfold Holy Spirit coming forth through our hearts and brains, fully yielded to the divine child in our bellies. We don't care how ugly it looks in the natural dimension. We're real Christians. We're disciples of the Lord Jesus. We just want heaven on earth, and this is what it is. This is that ugly thing that you see in, in Bethlehem. Oh, it's not pretty. You know, they, they had nice places in Bethlehem. I mean, that was the city of David. Every nice, every... One star, two star, three star, four star, five star, six star, seven star hotel in Bethlehem was booked out. And God said, it's okay if it comes through the donkey's manger. It's okay if it comes through Mexico. It's okay if it comes through Canada. It's okay if it comes through Africa, third world nations. It's okay if it comes through North Minneapolis in the ghetto of Hawthorne neighborhood. It's okay. I'm not concerned by how it looks in the natural realm. As long as you're birthing my son, we'll have heaven on earth. And that's how it's always been with God. That's the wisdom of the ages that lifts us up into the glory. Jesus Christ has been made our wisdom. And by faith in Him alone, we are raised up into His glory and seated at God's right hand in heavenly Jerusalem. Amen? And now let all of us be sealed on our forehead with the name of God the Father, the seven spirits of God, the promise of Noah's rainbow, of a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. In Jesus' name, support Red Letter Ministries. Donate at redlettermin.com and magnify this ministry. Amen.